0: Hello, everybody. I'm Kevin Winder, and thanks for tuning in to another podcast of Beyond Everything Radio. And as always, I have a question for you Are you or somebody you know in the midst of raising a teenager, or are they just around the corner for you? If so, today's podcast and post is just for you as we begin a series that many of you asked me to do as we look at the wisdom required to raise teenagers. My first series on the power of parenting became the most forwarded series. Date. So, join me now as I introduce this series and invite you and your family into a transformative, sacrificial path along a loving, respectful transition from childhood to adulthood. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for coming back to yet another podcast of Beyond Everything. Radio. So glad to have you with me. My name is Kevin Winder. I like to serve the world as an online pastor, author, and coach, among many other things that I do. And so I want to welcome you to this program. I know the content isn't for everybody, uh, but it is for you. You found yourself here. It's not by accident. I believe the content here is going to help you, challenge you, encourage you, uh, build you up. And so as such, I do hope it serves you and your friends as you share it with them. So today, folks, as you heard in the introduction, we are going to look at a series that, like I said, many of you have asked me to do. Um, As you know, I've you know, I've, I'm a mountain bike coach with a high school team. I've worked with adolescents for many, many years. I have two teenagers and uh, I get a lot of questions like, how do, you, how do you get your kids to be the way they are? Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this part as the introduction today. But as we move forward, I am going to really break down uh, the nuances here. Okay, so let's Jump right in. This is podcast number 368, and it is the introduction to a new series called Parenting Teens. So, the teenage years will cause some kind of visceral reaction to you. <laughs> there are some of you who love it, like me. I love adolescence. I always have. Um, and there's some of you who it just causes you to cringe. Um, It may be that the teenagers in your house are completely derailing any sense of normalcy. Uh, Everything could be going off the rails for you right now. And if it is, I hope this series will serve you. Um, I want to bring healing to these relationships And I think part of that is perspective, but a lot of it is going to kind of fall on you as parents. And you have to realize that our world has completely unhinged from the traditional rites of passage. And this transition between child and adult, it not only takes longer now, but it's wrought with much confusion and disorientation for parents and teens alike. So basically nobody's getting out of this unscathed, it seems, anymore. And nothing is more painful and disappointing for a parent than to watch their child fall by the wayside and derail his or her life or completely unhinge their family. And so I write this series to offer an intentional path forward. For you parents. And so I ask you if if you're in the midst of this, it may be too late, but maybe it's not. There are course corrections that will bring healing to your family. If you're a a parent or a grandparent and you have young children, please send this to those parents because How you parent a teenager starts when they are children, okay? I recognize that the default path to adulthood, which is offered by our foolish world, is terribly deficient. And so if you just think you're going to just manage it like you managed the childhood— You're in for a horribly rude awakening, as most parents are. And I don't want you to get stuck in that cul-de-sac and have the pain and confusion that can actually last and derail a life, but it can last a lifetime, some of this stuff. And so the conclusions of our foolish world about young people and why they fail to launch... And why they can't get out of your basement. They're not because of the economics. It's not because of the politics. It's not because necessarily because of the smartphone. There's a billion reasons we try and blame. And and yes, our world is different than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. But those assumptions are foolish and deficient and not correct. So just so you know, like, well, who are you, Kevin? Like, what makes you the expert on teens, right? Well, I suppose if there is an expert on teens, I'm like one of them uh, because I have served as a youth pastor for more than two decades of my life. I've given to working with teens, and during that time... I studied extensively the psychological, social, and physical development of adolescence. And I've worked in numerous residential treatment facilities, juvies, where the most wounded, addicted, and fragmented young people end up. And I've talked to them all. I understand their journey. I know how they got there. I know how their mind got derailed, how they got addicted. So... You know, I've helped many parents along the way uh, and I've helped them make these vital course corrections with what I'm going to offer in this series. In addition, I have raised two successful teenagers. And when I say this, people think I'm bragging and I hope it doesn't come across that way. But like, I have raised two teenagers who to this day have never given me even one single day of attitude i've never been disrespected i've never been talked back to insulted any of that i didn't i've never been pushed away shunned ignored or any of that my voice has always been considered how did that happen you know as well as i do it doesn't happen by accident and i say this not again in a prideful self-promotion but to let you all know that I have a ton of skin in this game. And my advice is successful precisely because it is so counterintuitive. There is a place for you to fix your eyes and don't divert. There's a a strategy, a thought, a way to lead your family. And it's not what you're going to just think and assume is the path to take. And a dysfunctional family might be common. It might be portrayed in all of our TV shows and everything else, but it's not normal. A painful, disruptive, dysfunctional family is good for a comedy sit- a sitcom, but it's abhorrent that our culture celebrates it and that the erosion of our family, uh, it celebrates all of these parenting failures. It's a hard pill to accept, but if we want healing in our families, The process starts with parents owning up and ending the blame game. So yeah, parents, it's on you. I I know you're going to hate that. I know some of you right now are hitting unsubscribe and you're disconnecting. But I, I hope and pray you will push through this and hear what I'm offering. Now, in the blog post, Thrive in Exile, I have included my most forwarded blog series, which is The Power of Parenting. And if you haven't heard that, I invite you to go and listen or read. And it basically looks at the underlying philosophical considerations, for example, the difference between influence and authority. And if you don't know the difference and you don't know a parenting process a strategy a behavior to do something to demonstrate the building of influence as opposed to the leveraging of authority then you need these tools like you're trying to raise a teen in a world that is going to consume them and spit them out and if you don't have the tools what are you offering them really So I encourage you to go and look at it um, and get the backdrop because it's vital if you're going to look at the lives of young people. Now, when other parents see my teenagers and their behaviors and all of their accomplishments, I sometimes hear them say something like, Boy, you got lucky. Um, Your kids are just wired differently. Mine would never act like that. It really must be nice for you. Now, these parents aren't trying to be insulting. I know that. But there, there's a sort of absolving of responsibility that you can see in these phrases. Oh, you know, we got luck of the draw and um, yours came out great, both of them. And yet I've, you know, I've got this issue, right, that we're constantly dealing with with my young person. The truth is, Folks, most parents are far too selfish to follow the advice I'm about to offer in this series. Now, I don't mean that to be insulting here, just like they don't mean to be insulting when they tell me, oh, you must, you got lucky with your kids. Uh, What I'm trying to say here is that over 20, 30, you know, not just 20 years of youth ministry, but another 25 years of church ministry, and online coaching. I've done thousands of hours of counseling and coaching, and many of this has to do with teens and parents. And I can tell you, by and large, most parents are very selfish when it comes to raising their kids. I know you don't feel like you are. I know you don't see it, but I hope in this series I I can show you and help you beyond it, because that is at the root of what's going on, almost always. And I don't, like I said, I don't mean that to be self, or I don't mean that to be insulting to you. I hope you hear that. I just need parents to make an honest appraisal and kind of root out those areas of selfishness, so that as parents, you can see how these. Uh, tendencies that you've had have actually taught your kids to behave precisely as they do. So when a parent comes to me and says, well, my kid doesn't listen, my blah, 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 whatever's going on, they don't connect the fact that they taught them to be that way. Just like they look at my kids and they can't imagine that I have taught them to be that way. So, parenting, folks, if you take anything from this introduction, is that it is an intentional skill of conscious awareness. Yeah, you have to be intentional. It is a skill that can be learned, and it has to be consciously aware. You have to be engaged. It's not like, it's not unlike, I should say, having the skill. With regard to money, if I gave a million dollars to a thousand people, how many of those people would turn that million into 10 million and how many of them would be broke? The statistics are alarming with regard to the lottery winners. Most are broke within five years, even though they win multiple millions of dollars. Why? They have no skill with money. Why are so many teenagers going off the rails, and producing a society like we have. It's because parents lack skill. And skill, folks, is another word for wisdom. And so with the institutional authority of parenthood, it works so well when our children are one, two, or three. But then one day we realize our voice and our power is diminishing. They're, they're not responding to the same ways of control, right? And sometimes parents think that they hold the cards because they possess some leverage over their, their kids and they can, you know, they can get them to do what they want by you know, control or leverage or threat or intimidation or something like that. Let me just let you know that is an illusion. That's not parenting. It's a surface-level illusion because control is not parenting for a teen. Parents who manipulate through threat or intimidation or fear just prove that they've never gained wisdom and thus influence in their teen's life. And this low consciousness, this lack of skill, this lack of wisdom, it stresses the relationship between you and your child. And it really forces the relationship to arm's length. Like there is no tenderness. There's no compassion. There's no depth. And if it is, it's, it's very few and far between. It's, it's, it's struggled to even get at it. And by the time you become adults, it really becomes an obligation. And I can tell you folks, love is not an obligation. It's a compulsion. So what can a parent do? How can a parent avoid the pitfalls of bring healing back into this relationship and bring joy back to the teen years? How can you enjoy watching your kids grow up and celebrate their decisions and be so proud of all the things they do? Maybe that doesn't even feel possible to you. I'm going to offer you my counterintuitive advice, but I can just tell you over 40 years of ministry and serving people, if my experience is anything at all, very few parents are going to accept what I offer. Most of you will hear what I say, immediately reject it, and walk away and go back to doing what you're doing. And that's your choice. But I hope if you're hearing this you'll consider what I'm saying. This wisdom comes from biblical principles. And no, I'm not going to raise your kid to be some fundamentalist. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about fear and threat and control and behavior modification from the outside in or any of that kind of stuff. It's actually the complete opposite. It's the liberation of your child's true self. And if you can't get them there, then... That means we fail as a parent, just like I would if I couldn't get my child there. And so for today, I'm just going to start by listing a few of the common phrases that I hear parents say, which tell me they're deflecting. There's a, there's a, a, a moving away, right, from the transformative undertaking that I'm inviting you to. And, and so like when I talk about like, hey, how did you get your kid to do that? How do you, what, you know, what are, you know all this kind of stuff, I, I, I tell them and they're like, oh, here we go, right? So listen to these and see if you've ever said any of these. And then, you know, watch the series, listen to the series, read it, and then judge for yourself. Okay, here they are. I've got nine of them, the first one. Oh, that won't work for my teen. He or she is too, and then you just fill in the blank. Or, everything from chores to homework is a constant battle. I can't get my teen to do a single thing without a fight. Number three, my teen has no respect for anything, including this family. You should hear the things that he or she says. Or, number four, I have have to bribe them with screen time or they don't listen to me. Or, five, my teens increasingly want less to do with me. I guess that's normal, right? I hated my teens, my teenage years and I cannot stand this phase of light. I just want to get past it. Ever said that one? Uh, Or how about this? Number seven, my teen used to be so sweet and innocent and now they are trying to grow up way too fast. Number eight, teens live in a very different world than I grew up in and it really scares me. And the last one I'm going to offer is I can't see any possible way that my teen will be self-sufficient within a few years. Do you see that? All of these encompass so much of what's happening in this parent-teen relationship. There's a deflection of responsibility. There's an outsider-looking-in kind of perspective. And this is what I think we can shift. And it's going to take a tremendous amount of, of humility, Folks, I know the pain this causes. I've sat across the t- from the tears of many parents. I've seen the end result of when it goes as bad as it possibly can far too many times. It sucks. We look at a society where these teens emerge into our world and they are horribly unprepared in the workforce in relationships in just about every strata of our world the consequence is high and folks this series i'm offering is a reminder that healing is possible there are course cor- corrections but it's going to require a humble a humble heart for the whole family and what i offer isn't a technique it's not really a strategy What I offer is counterintuitive wisdom, which is actually very simple in scope. It's not going to be hard to understand, but what makes it challenging is that every force which seems to stand in the way of applying it. So you're going to hear what I say, you're going to try it, and then you're going to realize everything wants to stop this from happening. That's how you know you're on the right ground. And parenting then is ultimately a very spiritual undertaking. It's where we're striving to orient all family members towards the same true north. And that means if you're going to help navigate, you have to, as a parent, know true north yourself. If you don't know it, I'm sorry to tell you, your kids won't know it. And once everyone has their bearings, in other words, they can see who they truly are. They see themselves. The work is then for each person in the family to just to become increasingly more free. To either trust or ignore these coordinates. That's all you can do. Right? And you have to allow each person to fully experience the incremental gain or loss of life which comes from spiritual self-awareness. And so this is, this, is the, this is it. In a nutshell, folks, healing your family is an inside job. It starts with you and your spiritual orientation. And this is where, if you think all roads lead to the same thing, um, this is where it goes off the rails because they don't. Not all true north is actually true. And as a result, if you follow the advice of the world, uh, everything gets derailed. And I wish it were otherwise. I wish I could teach you something other than that. But this seems to be the case. So if you want to raise your kids to be whole and true and authentic, uh, the path of the world won't get you there even though they advertise it as such. This is going to help you if you can hear it and apply it. Now, as you'll quickly learn in this series, our job as parents of teenagers is constantly returned to the work of spiritual navigation. And as we measure our success by our ability to surrender the outcomes rather than control them. I mean, did you hear that? We measure our success by surrendering outcomes rather than controlling outcomes. I'm, I will end this introduction with this really vivid snapshot of Jesus as a teen. Now, I know you might think this is different or odd, or you may not even be able to make the connections here, but trust me, by the end of this series, you will. All I ask you to do is listen to this, these few sentences from Luke chapter 2, verses 46 and 51, and just acknowledge what emerges as wisdom for you. Maybe right now, the fact that I'm about to read the Bible is causing a visceral reaction to you, and you're like, I don't want to go that way. That right there is your teen's problem. This isn't about religion. I am not here to convert you to a religion. If you've ever listened to my podcast, you know I would never do that. What this is about is liberation unto the truth. And that is a very different prospect. So here, listen to the story. Okay. So if the little background, just so you know, is the Passover is a Jewish holiday. Jesus and his family had been traveling with his relatives, a big group of people. They went from Nazareth in or Galilee into Jerusalem for the Passover festival. Uh, the, fa- the festival is over. And the whole group, a large, large group of people, we're talking hundreds, right? And they're walking back. And the parents realize Jesus isn't in the group. So they're like, hey, we got to go back to Jerusalem and find Jesus. And so they, they go out and they're searching for him, okay? And this is where the passage picks up in Luke uh, 2.46. So after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they didn't understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Please, prayerfully consider these words and come back next week as we begin our series. God bless.